Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie, hoping to be joined by Jim Riggleman, former Cardinals minor leaguer and former Cardinals coach as well. Also it is Jim Riggleman, right? Not Jim Figgleman. <laughs> This one is real. Okay. Jim Riggleman is actually going to be joining the show, hopefully, here in the next couple of minutes. Alex, as we've got a little bit of time here before uh, before we're able to talk with Jim Riggleman, anything that has stood out to you so far with the NHL trade deadline, whether it be moves that have been made, still could be made, anything that has happened so far or that is on the uh, periphery? That has interested you. Well, I'll tell you this, and I know they're not in the same division as the Blues, but um, Toronto, it, Toronto's going all out for a cup. I mean, they made the trade for Nick Foligno the other day, who's uh, he's a really good player for them. I mean, he was a captain for Columbus. I, I mentioned him a, last week that be a good connection. I mean, they traded a first round pick for that. They're going all in. I'm a little surprised at how much teams are paying for players, especially with this expansion draft, because Tampa gave up a first and a third round pick. Um, As we mentioned, Taylor Hall was kind of a steal for Boston, only having to pay a third and fourth round pick. So the asking price is a little crazy. And I'll give you the one that really has stuck out to me, BK, the middlemen in these trade deadlines. And a lot of people have talked about kind of how they're going about this season with the expansion draft and the salary being flat. But we've seen a good three or four teams that have been the middleman, basically the financial purse for some of the teams that are cap strangled. Like earlier, Chicago just traded Matias Janmark to Vegas. And to make that work, San Jose is eating some of that salary cap and giving up a draft pick to both teams. So if the Blues were to make a move, that would be the way I think I would see Doug Armstrong doing it, of saying, okay, you're going to take some of the money, and we'll give you a fifth-round draft pick You for see it. this in the NBA a lot, where a team will join into a trade to be able to acquire some of that salary because they've got room available, mm-hmm. and for their, for them taking on that money, they'll get like a fourth, fifth, whatever, right. uh, a draft pick that will end up helping them uh, moving forward. So typically it's teams that are not in the mix and they might as well go ahead and get something in return for the cap space that they weren't otherwise using. So it's a smart way to do it. Yeah. You see it a lot with teams in the NBA. We've seen it a little bit in the NFL. Now it's making its way into the NHL. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Now very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Former Cardinals infielder and outfielder in the minor league system and former Cardinal coach Jim Riggleman joining us now via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Jim, thank you so much for hopping on with us today. How are you doing, my friend? 
Very good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thrilled to have you. So I wanted to start with your career here in St. Louis, if you don't mind. How much of an influence was your time here and specifically with Whitey Herzog on what ended up being an incredibly successful and long-lasting major league managerial and coaching career for you? Well, um, you know, it was a long career. I I don't know how successful, but I appreciate you saying that. (laughs) Of course. Um, But... You know, um, Whitey um, was the manager in the big leagues when I was uh, managing in the minor leagues, and myself and everybody in the system really looked up to Whitey and admired him. And then uh, when I was fortunate enough to get added to his coaching staff, um, that was the biggest break I ever had in, you know, as far as coaching and managing because uh, it was a little bit like – you know, Nick Lava went that route. He got named to the coaching staff, and then he became a manager. And uh, it was a little bit like back in the day, for those of your listeners who remember Bear Bryant, if you were a Bear Bryant assistant, uh, you had a chance to get a, a head job somewhere, you know, and that's kind of the way it was. with If you worked under Whitey, uh, you, you had a pretty good chance to at least get some interviews to go manage your own club someday. How much of – of Whitey's influence did you take with you, Jim, uh, throughout your time in the major league? And really, how much of the Cardinals organization influence did you take with you? Well, both and a lot. I mean, you know, for me, uh, I've told people this many times. I think Whitey's the best baseball man I've ever been around uh, in terms of managing a ball game, managing a ball club, uh, knowledge, strategy, everything that encompasses a manager. And so, you know, those of us who uh, were around him tried to watch what he does and situation and, uh, you know, how he handled the pitching staff, how he set up his uh, pinch hitters and double switch. Everything that he did, you kind of just uh, sucked it all up. And, um, you know, a lot of it was stuff that you believed in already. And when you would see him do it, it kind of validated what you felt. Uh, some of it was stuff that you never would have thought of and you would see him doing, you realize, wow, you know, this is uh, what an education we're getting here because we're watching the best at work every day. Jim, I'm, I'm curious, how much has things changed, though, for a manager from the 80s when you were with um, Whitey here in St. Louis to what's taking place now in the dugout with managers? It's changed a lot. You know, the, the game evolves, um, you know, Uh, I'm sure people probably who were managing in the fifties looked at the way people ran the games in the seventies and eighties and maybe shook their head a little, but you know, those of us guys who were older and and not managing anymore, uh, you know, we look at some of the things that take place today and and shake our heads. But, you know, like I said, the game evolves. Um, The biggest difference I do think is um, the way the pitchers are handled. Uh, you know, we ask so little of our pitchers now. I think we ask too little. Now, maybe, you know, some people will say, well, you know what, they're throwing harder now and it's uh, it's more stress on their arms and so forth. So you got to use them less and give your relievers more rest in between appearances. But, you know, there were guys, you know, Gibson, Seaver, uh, Koufax, uh, you know, more recently, Goose Gossage. You know, these guys had – they threw hard. They they had violent deliveries, some of them. And, um, you know, they took the ball often and uh, they pitched deep into ball games. They pitched on three days rest. A lot of times they did whatever it took. And um, 
for whatever reason, we've gradually gotten away from that. And um, if you're managing in today's game, that's what you're going to have to do. You, 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 you can't manage it the way you used to. Especially this year, Jim, because we're talking with Jim Riggleman, former Major League Manager, joining us here on 101 ESPN. With the the truncated season last year, 60 games, I know here in St. Louis, there's already talk about potentially going to a six-man rotation. They've got a lot of guys like Alex Reyes in particular who didn't get very many innings and has been coming off of some injuries, so they're being super careful with him as well. How do you, if you were a manager, how do you deal with this coming off of that truncated season? Is it something where you do have to kind of uh, be almost handling this with kid gloves? Yeah, you probably do. And, you know, depending on who you are as the manager, you know, uh, to be honest with you, um, if you are solidified in your position, uh, you know, if you were, um, you know, Jim Leland, Whitey Herzog, Tony La Russa, you know, you can kind of uh, put your stamp on it. And, uh, but if, if you are Derek Shelton, if you are the young man in San Diego, uh, Tingler, and you're, you know, you're just getting your foot in the door, it's going to be a team effort. You know, you're going to listen to your front office. Uh, you're going to use their direction. And, um, that's going to dictate a lot of how you handle your, your pitchers. And, um, you know, that takes away something from the managing, you know, you you go through the minor leagues and you learn how to manage you, you coach in the big leagues and you learn more about managing. And, um, a lot of those things, if you learn those things in the eighties and nineties, you're not, you're not going to be able to use those methods in, in today's game. An example of who's been through it all is Brian Snitker. You know, Brian's a wonderful man, uh, great gamer, uh, as a player and as a, as a lifelong employee with the, with the Braves, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he, he's having to adjust greatly compared to the way he did things uh, back when he was managing in the, in the 80s and 90s. Jim, take me into the mind of a manager here because here in St. Louis, look, I know the Tony La Russa famous quote, it's the first week of the season, but <laughs> the Cardinals are struggling to get offense right now from some of their young outfielders. From a manager's perspective, how tough is it when, when you have guys struggling, but you want to get them out of their rut between playing them or going back to somebody else? Yeah, that's that's always a tough call. That's kind of like a little bit like uh, how long do you stay with your closer if he's blowing games, you know, and, you know, it's a fine line. Again, if you are, um, you know, if you're one of the big boys managing and you've got a lot of uh, success uh, on your resume, uh, you, you can be more patient, but if you, uh, you know, if you're new at it and if, or if you are, uh, you haven't won enough games and every game is life and death for you to keep your job, then you're liable to uh, pull the plug on those players a little sooner. So, uh, again, though, I think in today's world, there's probably more dialogue between the front office and the manager as to how long to stay with somebody. And probably today's players, those young outfielders that you have there in St. Louis, they probably uh, they understand that uh, Mike Schultz, is getting input from the front office. So they're not going to be as bitter with Mike as maybe they would be back in the day. If I was to, uh, you know, pull the plug on one of my outfielders when I was managing the Cubs in the nineties, if he was struggling and I took him out of the game, I'm liable to have a fight in my office, you know? (laughs) 
Jim, that's actually something that I wanted to ask you about. What are those conversations like? If you can take us into the room, and I, I'm not asking you to tell us about one per, a conversation in particular, but what are those conversations like when you've got, for example, here in St. Louis, they've got a guy by the name of Williams, who's a young outfielder, left-handed hitter, who's been struggling at the plate this year, but they want to see what he can do. As a manager, I would imagine you want to get somebody out there that's going to produce a little bit more, but the front office might want to see what the young guy can do. Can you take us into what that conversation would be like? Yeah, that's, again, that's a tough one because, you know, at some point uh, the manager is going to be evaluated on his wins and losses. And, um, you know, if if this young man is struggling enough that uh, he keeps coming up in situations where we could break the game open, and, uh, you know, he's popping up or striking out or whatever, uh, doesn't have a good at bat, then, um, you know, you're going to be inclined to say, you know what, I'm going to have to pinch hit for this guy. I, I, I can start him. I think maybe you make the um, uh, the concession that, you know what, you want to keep running him out there. I'll be glad to do it because I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be a heck of a player. But right now, uh, you know, every game is big. This is the real season. This is not spring training. Uh, if I got a man on third and less than two outs, I, I might pinch hit for him, especially if there's a left-handed pitcher out there. So, um, you know, if you are directed to not do that, then again, are you Jim Leland or are you um, Derek Shelton, you know? Jim, my final one for me, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this because I'm sure you have seen what everyone's talking about from the Braves and Phillies game of the blown call from Major League Baseball replay. A lot of people up in arms saying that Major League Baseball blew it with this one. I'm curious your thoughts on where the game is and what that does to the game. Well, you know, I, I haven't watched a lot of the games. I did see the replays, and I was—I did happen to be watching the Mets game when Conforto got hit by the pitch. Uh, I think both calls were, you know, went the wrong way. But, um, you know, I don't know what the solution is, but I, I do think that uh, the Phillies guy, Brom, or Brom, however you pronounce his name, the third baseman for the Phillies, I thought he was out at the plate, and... Um, I thought Conforto, I thought that pitch should have been called a strike to Conforto when, when he got hit on the elbow. But, um, um, you know, it's, it, it's this uh, replay is, uh, I don't like the way it's done anyway, uh, but it, it's a work in progress. You know, these, these major things come up like this, and that might be the impetus to say, you know what, we got to make some changes to what we're doing here because we – we had two huge calls uh, that ended ball games. In both cases, the game ended on those plays, and um, we got them wrong. We'll get you out of here on this, Jim. What would you like to see changed? Is there anything in particular that you think they could do to fix this? You know what? I'm glad you asked that. Two things. First of all, if you've got a minute, I'd like to talk about the DH a little bit. But the thing that I would would like to see changed on replay is I think that – you should have to uh, ask for replay or not right now. Don't don't get go to the video. Don't let your people go to the phone, be talking to the guy up in the video room and say, okay, let's challenge this or not. You know, that slows things down and it takes away from the integrity, I think, of of the the action in the game. The the, the umpire made the call, my my shortstop put the tag on. He thinks the guy's out. He's yelling in the dugout, hey, he's out. Like, he's out. They, they call him safe, but he's out. Okay, we're going to challenge it. Well, guess what? Now we review it, 
and my shortstop was wrong. He was safe. So, um, you know, that happens a couple of times. You're going to say, you know what? I got to stop listening to my shortstop. We're, hmm. we're losing our challenges. Uh, every time he complains, my first base coach says our guy was safe. They called him out. And now you either say, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's challenge it, but don't, don't get the opportunity to go to replay for a minute and everybody's waiting and say, okay, no, we're not going to challenge it. It looks like it's too close. We'll leave it alone. I hate that. I don't think the video should be involved in that at all. I think the video should only be involved if you do challenge. Don't use it as a tool to challenge. The other thing, and when you said, is there anything I would change? I hate that it looks like we're going to go to the DH in the National League eventually. To me, I hate the DH. And I could go on and on about it. It's not about... Uh, well, it's boring. The pitchers can't hit. They come up to the plate, and it's it's an ugly at bat. That has that's the least impactful part of the DH for me. The, the impactful part of having a DH or having the pitcher hit is that that pitcher he's out there pitching. He's up fourth next inning. Now, as a manager, I got to make a decision. He's struggling a little bit. Do I take him out? But if I do, he's up fourth. I don't really have a comfortable double switch I need to make. So. Um, you know, I'm going to double switch him out of the game. I'm taking a guy out of the game that I don't want to take out, but it's much more strategy. It's a, it's just a better game with the pitcher hitting. And um, I, I just hate that we're going to move to, to, I think a less exciting game when we have the DH. I know people, they want to see those sluggers and all that, but you know what? Uh baseball is an offensive and defensive game. Learn how to play a position and and go play it or or become a pinch hitter. Well, Jim, I know there are a hell of a lot of fans here in St. Louis that agree with every single word that you just said. I'll tell you that much. You already had plenty of Cardinals fans. You have even more after today. He's Jim Riggleman, former Cardinals minor leaguer, former Cardinals coach, and 13 years as a major league manager. Jim, let's do this again sometime soon, my friend. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Thank you very much. Anytime. Absolutely. That's Jim Riggleman on 101 ESPN. Man, Tanner Hendrickson. I know. I've never seen him smile more than what you just heard from Jim Riggleman. (laughs) He he is grinning from ear to ear. And all he could say was, I love this guy. (laughs) Stop licking your lips, T-Bone. It's weird. Oh, I no need for a DH. Yes. Let the pitchers hit, baby. Yeah, let the pitchers ground out. Johan Oviedo yesterday, that's as comfortable as I've ever seen a pitcher look in the batter's box. One out of what? Every 15 that you see? Wayno looks good at the plate. He looked good at the plate. If the Cardinals did have a designated hitter this year, I think I know who would be getting the opportunity. Johan Oviedo. He deserves some more coming up on 101 ESPN.